Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, and welcome to the Curzon Film Podcast. This week, we're crashing on the shore with writer-director Trey Edward Schultz, who we talk to about his latest film, Waves. I'm Sam Howlett, and I had the pleasure to sit down with Trey Edward Schultz, who broke out of his festival debut, Krisha, back in 2015, and followed that up in 2017 with the post-apocalyptic horror film, It Comes at Night, which starred Kelvin Harrison Jr., who reteams with Schultz again for Waves, a teen drama, but this is more Moonlight than Dawson's Creek, more Virgin Suicides than The O.C. No disrespect to Dawson's Creek or The O.C., by the way. Harrison plays Tyler, an 18-year-old under pressure to excel from his domineering father, played by Sterling K. Brown. After an injury threatens his potential career, he starts hurtling out of control, and his family struggle under the weight of it all. His sister, played by Taylor Russell, meanwhile, has her own problems as she strikes up a romance with fellow student Luke, played by Lucas Hedges. I sat down with Trey Edward Schultz at the London Film Festival last year, where we spoke about filming in Florida, creating the film's eclectic soundtrack, and his filmmaking influences. Enjoy. Okay, uh, we're delighted to welcome Trey Edward Schultz to the Curzon Film Podcast. Delighted to be here. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so, we're talking about your third film, Waves, and your first film, Krisha, I know is very personal to you, that it's like sort of directly about your family and involves your family members, and I know that you've said it comes at night, although it looks like sort of a post-apocalyptic horror film is also a very personal film for you. Can you talk about in what ways Waves is personal to you? Uh, uh, where to begin? A lot. Um, it's it's the most personal film I've made. Okay. It's the most autobiographical I've made. Um, uh, I honestly don't know where to begin. It's everywhere. It's um, uh, real things that are th- a, a lot of things that happen in the story are autobiographical right. to my life. Um, uh, my girlfriends, my family. Um, yeah, it, 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 big time. What's it like putting yourself on screen like that? It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th- th- especially this one. Because um, like you said, everything I've done is personal. And yeah. I've never, it's never been that weird. I don't, okay. it's just natural. Like, I think too, my parents are therapists. So these movies oh, are yeah. a bit of like, 
me working out stuff in life yeah. kind of and like but this one was i in sh- like shooting it stuff too like we were recreating real stuff where that was the first time it was like all consuming dread and it was like maybe i've gone too far i don't even is this healthy like mm. what we're doing right now uh, i came out on the other side of it feeling it is healthy and cathartic and happy we did it but um yeah it, it was intense is that kind of how you see cinema for you then a way to kind of put yourself out there and kind of think talk about like your memories and your feelings and things that have happened to you i think so um i think i start with like the films i love or by uh filmmakers i love that make things only they Mm -hmm. can make you know so i think when i was like starting out and trying to find any kind of a voice I'd have Mm. or a unique perspective. It was trying to be honest to myself and my situations, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think it's a bit of that, uh, and just really making stuff that I care about and feels honest to me. And, um, yeah. And giving my perspective on it, I guess. Okay. So this film has got a very interesting, uh, approach to narrative. It's got the dual narrative. Did you set out thinking, okay, I'm going to make this film with kind of two perspectives to kind of change partway through, or was did was that kind of very uh, naturally something that happened organically? Uh, it happened organically. Prob. I mean, iterations of this have been brewing for like a decade, so okay. maybe halfway through that, that's when the structure really unlocked. Right. Um, and the epiphany of a brother and sister and two couples on each side of that mm-hmm. with linked by their family and, and a tragedy at the center. So that's been uh, the DNA for a very long time. Mm-hmm. What was hard is figuring out finally um, how to actually <laughs> combine it all into yeah. a working right. story and script, you know? That was very tricky. Yeah, I was trying to think of other films that have kind of done that successfully. I thought Chunking Express does it really well. Yeah, exactly. Well, Chunking was the epiphany. Right. When I saw that for the first time, it was like, oh, uh, this movie I've been thinking about could be this, and it could be uh, a brother and everything I was just saying. Yeah. But that that was a big one. Okay. And the other bit, like I love Chunking Express. I love Full Metal Jacket. I mm. love oh, yeah. Melancholia. I, love, I feel like Barry Lyndon is that. There's an intermission yeah. in the center, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know a lot that lead it to such a pinnacle event in the central point and then shift character and tone in such a drastic way. And uh, so that was exciting and scary, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was thinking as well of uh, Marlon Drive because that's oh, yeah. very yeah, abruptly. Yeah, that's a great. That yeah. really like spins everything on its head and like it's like a separate that, film, yeah. Brilliant example. I didn't. I don't know why I didn't even think of that. <laughs> that's, yeah, I love that film. But can you talk about that kind of the challenge of kind of how you pick the right moment to make the change yeah uh, but also thinking of the audience thinking of how they're going to react to that change and how to kind of make well totally and i think one of the big things i remember even like after we shot the movie i was uh with my producer we were like in the ocean we were like yeah there's still that fact uh is it gonna work are people gonna go with it after this point a big theory we had is uh, that girl, you know, Emily, uh, played by Taylor Russell. Like, if yep. you don't love that performance and her and go with that yep. shift, then it's not going to work. So that was a big part of it. Then another was just, for me, a lot of the, the soul and spirit of the movie isn't until the later half. Right, okay. But, like, I almost wanted it to feel like a panic attack closing in 
but then the movie gives you a big hug and helps you <laughs> get over that panic yeah. attack and think about it and get yeah, on the yeah, other yeah. side of things. So I know at the end of the day, too, you're just like, I think I would go with it. Like, if we can pull this off, like, I would love yeah. to see a movie like that. So hopefully there will be others that will, you know? Yeah. I think this film's a really interesting way to look at it is as as a teen movie, as a teen high school movie. And can you talk about genre in a way? Because especially yeah. with this and with It Comes at Night, you've kind of skirted around with genre, not quite fully and maybe not quite fully embraced them as genre films. But is that something totally. you think about when you make these, especially the last two films? Um... Not with, it's interesting. I'm trying to think on it. Not like, okay, I'm going to tackle this genre. I'm going right. to do this thing yeah. now. It's never, it all always comes up organically. Like I think especially with the waves, you could take, there's like th- thriller, there's yeah. teen movie, there's soundtrack movie, there's romantic <laughs> comedy. There's like, there's a lot of different yeah, like yeah, yeah. things you can pull from. But I think that's what was so exciting is that it all came out organically. Cause I think, I think, I just know, at least, I can't speak to others how I work. If I approach things like, yeah, I'm going to make this thing that plays with genre and pull it, yeah. it would be a mess and a right. disaster. Okay. So, like, at first I just start from the personal and this story, and then it organically kind of becomes what it is, if yeah. that makes sense. You okay. Know? You mentioned soundtrack movie there, and you have a lot of fun with the soundtrack here. Definitely. Uh, can you talk about, you know, picking the soundtrack and the kind of the balance, I guess, between music that fits the scene well, music yeah. that those characters would listen to at that moment, because you, there is a blend of diegetic and non-diegetic. Can you talk about that, the soundtrack? Yeah, yeah uh, huge, the DNA of it, and it's so much so to, like, the script, I have the songs embedded in, yeah. and you could listen to it as you're doing it. And basically, in a broad way, um, twofold. Like, one, I wanted it to feel honest to the characters, to yeah. Tyler and Emily and their situations. Like, a lot of it is actually happening in the world and we play yeah. with how it maybe at this point you're hearing it almost as a piece of score but then you're hearing it diegetically because it's yeah. stemming from a real part of their world so there was that um there's just the fact that like i love all the songs and yeah. they're some of my favorite songs and i also wanted um I wanted it to work. Like if you pull out all the songs and put them in their order as a playlist, it there's a narrative there. Like you can yeah. follow each song with the narrative of the movie and the the through line uh, to where it's it's almost like every song, even like lyrically, can like work on the narrative. But if it becomes too obvious and on the nose, I don't think it works. You know, so it was a very fine line. Ultimately. I hope it just brings you closer to the characters mm. in their world, you know, yeah. especially Tyler and Emily. Uh, yeah. Well, that's one of the big differences between this and It Comes at Night, I think. Oh, yeah. That, that, <laughs> the soundtrack and... Soundtrack. There's a lot of things, obviously. This Florida, a, locations, yeah. color. Color, yeah. It's a very muted movie compared to those Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the feeling of going from It Comes at Night, which is so kind of so small and cramped and claustrophobic, and this, which is... is so big on so many different levels uh it was liberating um i it was just like liberating in every way sometimes hard way harder than anything we did on it comes at night but um uh it it did feel like because too like creation my first movie was like a single location and stuff and still i i always see it as kind of like a chamber drama and then night is sort of like yeah uh, uh other territories as well but it that I even remember making that and fantasizing about making this and like that endless and blonde had just come out. And on weekends I was driving around water holes, listening to those dreaming about making this movie. I was talking about Kelvin about it back then. And like, so I did, 
you know, in the subject matter, it's it's just a very like harsh kind of movie, mm. and uh, just flying away from that and going to this sort of sprawling kind of approach felt yeah. very fun and liberating. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the film is set in Florida, which is where you live. Yeah. Correct? Uh, live, uh, we lived in South Florida for a number of years where okay. we shot the movie in Broward County, probably uh, like 30 minutes north of Miami, where my girlfriend lived her whole right. life. And now we live in Orlando. Okay, cool. Because yeah. it's not really a place that's uh, in film that much considering how kind of uh, vibrant a little bit though okay. considering like, at least, like Moonlight and Florida yeah. Project and there's like Spring Breakers and but you're right like in the scheme of things yeah. it's not, and it, like there's not just from a practical sense there's not much of a tax incentive there's nothing now okay. so we could have if we would have not shot in Florida and uh, other states we could have gotten back a million dollars like that's a ton amount of money for a movie like this so it but florida was always deeply embedded in the dna because i'm in love with it yeah love's another big part of this movie i think uh thematically and emotionally and florida is like i'm in love with it and i wanted to do it justice you know so how did you tackle how to um kind of capture what you love about florida on screen because this film as you say is so colorful and so so vibrant. How did you go about capturing that? Um, a lot of it. Uh, uh, I think also just living in Florida for yeah. a good number of years and having this movie in the back burner and thinking of it, a lot of its way naturally, organically embedded mm-hmm. in there. Um, you know, and traveling around Florida a lot in different places and South Florida. I honestly, I don't know um, a good uh, way to intellectualize it, but I just feel like I lived there long enough. Uh, to to sort of spiritually understand it and how I feel about it, so it was mm. just imp- like working that into the narrative kind yeah, of, and yeah. like uh, any detail, any any approach we could do, uh, go after that, you know. And a, lo- a lot of the locations they're actually at are like places I go and right. love, and so there's that naturally there. Um, yeah. Okay. And in terms of casting then, so this is your second time working with Kelvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Uh, was he always Tyler for you? Yeah. I mean, to be fair, uh, it, you know, like I said, it was on the, yeah. the back burner for a very long time. There was nothing written really, so it could have morphed and been anything. But as soon as I started telling Kelvin about it, okay. I, from the start, was like, there's two characters you could play. There's Tyler and there's Luke. Mm. Uh, I don't they might have not even had names, actually. No, I don't think they did okay. at that time. There was, like, the brother or the sister's love interest yeah. later. Um, and his first thing was, like, the brother sounded really interesting. And I was like, okay, cool. And that that excited me. And then, um, yeah, it basically... Like, now I can't even... I can't imagine it. Uh, and I can't imagine... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the movie would be. You know, the characters would not be black if it wasn't for Kelvin. I mean, and that collaboration is so gigantic. He, as I was writing, we were texting like crazy and I was talking about stuff. He got the first draft of the script eight months before production or more. And it really, Tyler and the family molded to what it was because of that collaboration I have with Kelvin, you know. And then Sterling K. Brown as well. Incredible casting. Yeah. The myth. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a really interesting character as well about how yeah how the audience reacts to him and how well personally how I reacted to him. Like yeah, how, well, I'm curious how did you react? Well, you kind of don't know is is this a kind of story of like a not abusive but like a a father that you're supposed to kind of raise an eyebrow towards, or or yep. is he one that you feel like I kind of I don't know kind of doesn't mean everything he says and 
I don't know, can you talk about writing that character and trying to create that? Well, from our perspective, it was basically like, for me, I think I love Ronald. I think he's a great dad, but I right. think he loves too hard. Yeah. And he's not, that's what I talked about a lot with Sterling too, of like, if he just would have... Eased back a little. Eased back a little yeah. bit and let his, let Tyler open up to him more you know because yeah. he feels like he has to bear down and push Tyler so hard to succeed if he just would have eased back and, and let him come to him a bit more things would have been totally different yeah I think. there's really interesting moments as well when he says things like I didn't pick wrestling you picked wrestling yep. so if you're going to do that you're going to do it well and it's that kind of approach to to parenting that I found really interesting and yeah it does kind of skirt towards where you're supposed to land with this character which makes him really interesting and complex D- totally which that's what I hope, and I hope I hope it feels like a nuanced, complex yeah. kind of journey that that Ronald and the dad goes through. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he, I, I hope he feels like a flawed, complex human. You know, because yeah. I think we're all like that, and we all have good and bad, and we're all just trying. I think ultimately he's trying to raise his son and his children the best he can, and he makes some mistakes, but he's human. You yeah. know, but I love that he can go where he does. Yeah, you know? and. Finally, I just want to ask you what's coming out next for you because, you know, still very early on with three films in. It's true. Where can you go from here? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I've never been in the situation, too, because it's always been uh, since my first movie. I, I think I felt like these movies had been brewing for a while and I had to make them before someone would not let yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was, I was just struggling for a long time and having no success. It was like, okay, now it's time. I got to yeah. take full advantage and do it. Uh, and now that I've I've done these three. Uh, now I'm like a blank slate. Great. Um, this is, uh, I put everything I have creatively and as a human being right now into this movie. So I have no idea. I want to get this into the world and then take some time and figure something out. Cool. Great. Trader Schultz, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, brother. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any thoughts on Waves, please let us know by emailing podcast at curzon.com or reaching out to us on Twitter where we are at Curzon Cinemas. You can find us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.